Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Hello and welcome again to another episode of Leading from Alignment with our good friend, John Opaluski. How are you today, John? Jim, I'm doing well. It's good, good. to see you today uh, over video. Miss you. I miss uh, being in the studio with you. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny you say that because it is one more day. And, and I, I imagine by now people, you know, used to say, hey, we're one day closer or one day closer. I used to be a, a, a distance runner, marathons and ultra marathons. Mm-hmm. And I'd, I'd see people, I'd be 20 miles in a run and really hurting. And they say, hey, you know, you're almost there. And, and, you know, it might be cute the first couple miles in and encouraging about 10 miles in, 20 miles in. Hey, you're almost there. You just want to punch him in the mouth. You know, like you, you have no idea what's behind right. me. You have no idea what's in front of me. You have no idea the pain I'm going through. That's and what, what was supposed to be like a, hey, greeting, it, it doesn't come off very encouraging. I feel like, mm-hmm. and I know that's what we're talking about today. There's that sense of this is taking longer than I thought. The yeah. cost, the weight, uh, the uncertainty is starting to really weigh on leaders' hearts and minds. And could you just kind of give us a snapshot? You talked to so many of them. What, what's the general conversation you're getting from people? Well, Jim, in the last week, um, almost every conversation I've had, and I don't know, probably have had a dozen and a half conversations in the last week or so, uh, with pastors, with leaders, and almost all of them feel at a loss in some way, you know, to know what to do. And what's, what's my next step? How, how am I supposed to respond to these voices that are on two sides of an issue and no matter who I respond to, uh, somebody's not going to be happy. Yes. And, uh, and, and there's, and Jim, I'm sensing just a, a general sense of weariness, not physical weariness, but weariness on the inside. Right. And I've, I, I had one guy tell me the other day, John, I don't, I don't even know how to dig deeper into my relationship with God. I, I'm trying, but I feel like I'm at, I'm stuck. He used the word stuck actually. Yeah. Um, and so these are the conversations we've been having. And so I thought it would be good for us to talk for a little bit today, Jim, about when, how do you lead, you know, when it's, you're in the middle of this confusing season. Yeah. So that's kind of the backdrop of what I'd like us to just talk back and forth about today. It's funny, my, my background, um, I, I, was, I was the youngest child in my family, so I didn't have to make decisions or choices. Um, I lived in my car like a Huckleberry Finn kind of a existence from 16 to 18. So I, I went to school when I felt like it. I, I got good enough grades to graduate, but not good enough grades to, I, I did the, what was the least required of me to get to the next step of my life. Cause I was just tired of people telling me what to do. Mm. Uh, my parents had moved to Florida and retired and I didn't have an address and all that kind of stuff. And then uh, as the joke goes, this is absolutely true. It's funny. You'll you'll laugh when you hear this, but I got so tired of people telling me what to do that I joined the army. (laughs) (laughs) Because my recruiter talked about seeing the world and, you know, all this exciting stuff you get to do and meet people and guns and tanks and, you know, and I learned right away that, man, if there's a world that is systematic and dogmatic, 
about what to do, it is the military. And, and one of the yeah. things I never forgot, and, I, and it's helped me during this season, is, is the thought, you, you just obey the last order given. If, mm. if your commander changes his mind, it's up to him to let you know that. But in the meantime, you are to do what I told you to do, Private. Not You, you don't get paid to think is one of those things they would say. You don't get paid to think. You're, you're, you're not an officer, you're not an NCO, you're a private. You get paid right. to catch bullets and die, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm. But I, I really do think that there's something wise for our season in that. And then, you know, what are you sure of? Do that. Mm. You know, yeah. you're talking about confusion. I get it. What's going to happen tomorrow, next week, next year, the economy, the elections, the racial right. tensions, Facebook, social media. I, I get it. it's exhausting. But what were you told to do? And I doubt that as you analyze what you were told to do, it's like make sure to look at Facebook 14 times every day to mm. catch the latest opinion, you know, the right. latest controversy. I doubt it was, you know, watch 20 hours of network news from a real biased opinion every week so that you can have conversations with people that are relevant. I, I, I doubt the last thing Jesus told us to do is to immerse ourselves in a world that's bent on self-destruction yeah. and not have answers and, and take on the weight of it. You know, Jim, one of the things that I've been thinking about now, I haven't, I haven't, I don't think I've said this to any of those conversations that I had, the, the guys that I've had these conversations with in the last week, because, you know, there's a time to quote scripture and there's a time not to. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, but this scripture has been rolling around in my mind. The apostle Paul said this, he says, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, yeah. perplexed, but not driven to despair. Yeah. And I thought to myself, you know, what we're going through, although it's new to us in its, in its intensity and complexity, this isn't the first rodeo of this. No. Apostle Paul dealt with this. Yeah. And and you know, um, you said something so important there. What was the last thing you heard your commander yeah. or God say to you? And and you know, when life gets confusing and leading gets confusing, I feel like you you just hit the nail on the head, Jim. I have to go back and listen to the voice that is steady, that is true that is unemotional uh right. <laughs> that knew this was coming that right when he and, gave us those orders he knew it was over the next hill yeah. and it seems so simplistic right so my you know i don't want to come off today as saying you know just pray more and that <laughs> pray louder that might help pray louder right yeah scream and and, <laughs> and that'll fix it um but but really when you when you think about all the voices that a pastor is hearing right now, he's hearing from his congregation, he's hearing from other pastors, he's hearing from the news media, he's hearing from the government, he's and and there's just this myriad of voices that are almost it feels like you're under attack, right? Yeah, yeah. And you don't know what's true and what's not true. What's mm -hmm. a lie? And what isn't a lie? And so how do we sift through that? How we lead through that? And, what, and I'm interested in what you think about this is I go back to that person who will never lie to me. Yeah. Yeah. I listen to the voice that has never lied to me once. Right. In my entire life. And I draw my, I draw my marching orders. I draw my next step. Yeah. From him. Yeah. 
and, and I think I think that that again, there's that bedrock. You know, the wind is going to blow, the yes. rain is going to fall, the waters are going to rise, but the house is built on that rock. You know, that that is the one that will stand these tests. And I I, I want to be very careful in what I say here because I want to make it. If you're having a hard time, well, then obviously you didn't build your life on the rock. That's not at all what I'm saying. Right. But you know, fire does purify. We do we do find things of less value rising to the top when we melt gold because gold is weak and the dross is not. And I, and I think the same can be said now when I, when I realize, you know, I'm afraid, I go, well, what am I afraid of? You know, when I'm angry, what, what is it, you know, get deeper. What is it that made me, what really made me angry? What, what button, what nerve, what, you know, and then you can kind of bring the Holy Spirit to that place yeah. and say, would you, would you heal me here? Would you strengthen me here? I, I, I can look at this and say, it's a terrible time. I can't wait for it to be over with or to say, listen, when times are good, I'll never ask myself these questions. They're, they're unnecessary right. in a thriving ministry and a thriving culture and a thriving economy. So I think, I think it's wise to make the most of every opportunity and not every opportunity looks like an opportunity. <laughs> Sometimes it looks like we're being oppressed or persecuted or abandoned or right. you know, things we're talking about that Paul said, but I, the reality is, you know, we, we're going to, if, if we're blessed when we mourn because we'll be comforted, Jesus says, then there's, there's a power in weakness that, that we access him in a way when we're weak that we cannot or will not access him when we're strong. Yeah. So what am I so afraid of? You know, the, mm. when the disciples blow it in Mark chapter four on the boat and the storm, you know, he, he calms the storm. Jesus calms the storm. After they accuse him and say, the problem is you don't care. The problem's not the storm. The problem's not our faith. The problem is you don't seem to care about me and I'm dying. Yeah. So thanks for nothing. You know, their final words to Jesus were going to be, thanks for nothing. You don't care if we drown. And Jesus right. calms the storm, but then he, he does an autopsy on that moment and he says why are you so afraid yeah and then he gives him this this question the second question that has the answer in it do you still have no faith the problem's not the storm and the size of it and the waves and the size of them and your strength and the you know the size of it but the problem is you don't look at me in a way yet that, mm. that allows you to be in a storm without a storm being inside of you and so this the storm they learn more about their faith in five minutes in the middle of the night in that storm, then they would have five years following Jesus being taught. I, I just, there's a value to test. So I, I would encourage people to ask some questions. If you're feeling hopeless or helpless or exhausted, why? What is missing? What do you have too much of? What do you have too little of? How can you make adjustments? Um, because if you're blessed when you mourn, because you'll be comforted, you have access to God when you're sad in a way that you don't when you're not sad, you know? And I, I, we have access to God right now in a way that we won't. Uh, that we didn't two years ago or a year ago and we won't a year from now or however long it takes to get through this or i know we're one day closer <laughs> yeah. uh you know yeah jim you know so i i guess you know when we came into this uh this talk today i didn't have like four steps to get out of your confusion uh to you know but but i do think i hear some steps emerging yeah. Uh, just as we're talking here, one is to what was the last thing God said to you? Yeah. And if you can't remember, um, get on your knees. Yeah. Get alone and say, God, you need to speak to me. Yeah. I need to hear your voice. Yeah. I think that's a good first step. A second step is to ask yourself, what am I afraid of? Yeah. What 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 am I really afraid of? And 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 take not only name that. But then take that to the Lord and say, Lord, help me, bring healing to me, um, 
You know, perfect. The Bible tells us perfect love casts out fear. Where, God, where am I missing uh, that's that formula, if you want to call it that? What's broken that I, I, I allow this thing to be controlling me, this, this fear, this confusion to control me to the point where I wonder, should I even be doing this anymore? Is there something else I should be doing? So I see a couple of steps uh, right there. And then, you know, and maybe here's a third step. Uh, again, this is totally off the cuff, right? Yeah. We didn't come in with three steps. But it, as we talk, it, the, for me at least, the picture is getting a little clearer. I, th- I do think there are some things that need to drop out of our lives. There you go. That's huge. Yeah. And the Lord is allowing pressure to push those things to the surface. You know, and I don't know what it is for those who are listening today, Jim. I know what it is for me. Um, and this is going to sound like you've heard this a million times from me, but I have actually said goodbye to the news media. Yeah. I am off. I am on a fast. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm ever going to get off again because it has helped clear my mind so much yeah. uh, to not listen. See, I believe this about the media. And if you work for the media, I don't mean to be insulting to you um, <laughs> if you're listening. But primarily, most media is designed to make you afraid. Yes. To pit you against somebody else for the purpose of making money. Why would I subject myself to that kind of strategy somebody else is using to try to get a hold of my emotions and make me do something, make me buy something, make me feel uh, a certain way towards another people group? Uh, because of what they're broadcasting. So I said goodbye to that. I also have, uh, I limit my social media to a bare minimum. Now we use social media here at Converge Coaching. uh, So I do post, but I spend very little time anymore on the social platforms. And again, you might, people might accuse me of putting my head in the sand. Go ahead. Accuse yeah. me if yeah. you want. All I'm letting you know is that there's deeper peace in my heart because I have taken those steps. And, and I don't know what it is for you, Jim. I don't oh, know what it is for our listeners. But I would say this because, you, you know, that, that accusation, you're putting your head, you know, the ostrich that puts his head in the sand still gets eaten. So there, you know, there's that thought like, oh, it doesn't matter. And aren't we supposed to be engaged in this world? Aren't we supposed to be light? Aren't we supposed to be salt? Yes. But I would say this, that spending 20 hours on social media and, and news media a week, that, that hasn't changed anything but you. It's, mm-hmm. it's poisoned, infected, affected, affected you in such a way that now you, you can very easily become part of the problem versus part of the solution. Jesus was very much a part of people's lives that had problems. But he also spent entire nights in prayer before he did those things. He also yeah. spent entire nights in prayer after he did those things. Yes, he healed everybody in Capernaum. Yes, he cast out devils and raised the dead and healed the sick. And the next, the next part of the story, he's, he's back in Jerusalem. Well, that was a three-day walk, hanging right. out with friends, eating fish, you know, by the campfire, walking fresh air, sunshine, good food. You know, he, so that, yes, the next story takes place in another part of the, you know, of, of the, the narrative, but it was a three-day walk with his friends. You know what I mean? So we don't, we cannot, our soul was not created 
to be inundated constantly with stimuli that are as negative as the stimuli are now. So if you really want to do something about what's wrong with the world, find the part of the world that you can deal with, which could be your pulpit on Sunday morning. It could be mm -hmm. your marriage. It could be the, the kid across the street whose old man is an alcoholic and he doesn't know how to play baseball. If you teach that kid how to play baseball, you may not change the entire world, but you did change his world in a way that you never could have if you were sitting at home watching the news getting frustrated about stuff. So I believe there are members of the body of Christ that are supposed to be engaged in, you know, in global issues, um, in local issues and political issues and, you know, all that stuff. I, there's nothing wrong with that. But to think that every person has to have a strong opinion about every issue, you're, you're wasting an incredible amount of time. And I, can I just share one more thing. I know we're getting short on time. Yeah, but please, please. I met a guy. Oh, four years ago, I was in North Carolina, Boone, Boone, North Carolina. And yeah, I've been I, to Boone. I, I went, there's a guy named Eustace Conway. He's on the show Mountain Men. And this would have been 2016, just before the elections. And uh, he brought up to me, now he lives on a preserve. He's Appalachian. He, you know, grows his own trees and hogs. And it's, it's pretty incredible. It's, it's incredible enough that they, they made a show and then put him on it called Mountain Men. So he's... He's, but he's, he's not an isolationist. He just doesn't want to be around the world. He's got his own place. So uh, he said, I hear there's some sort of election going on. And I laughed. I said, you know, it's, it's the Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump, mm -hmm. WWF, you know what I mean? Matchup. But every, the whole world is thinking about this. You see, I just found out who was running yesterday. And I, I didn't pity him. I envied him. Mm -hmm. Because what he was doing was building Turtle Ranch, Turtle Creek. He was, he was you know, milking his goats and eating kefir and harnessing the power of the rivers for some hydraulic energy and building this house and blacksmithing and caring for his animals. I'm telling you, the guy was completely isolated, but he was happier than everybody else that I knew during that day because his world, his entire world was 80 acres that he managed well, that he cared for. And I, I just, I think there's a lot to be said for managing our 80 acres. I don't, I'm not saying hide your head in the sand to the rest right. of the world, but if, if we, if we watch the news, engage in social media, and our 80 acres goes to weeds or burns down, right. these are our families. These are our friendships. These are, I mean, how many friendships do we know that are no longer friendships? Yep. Because somebody's red and somebody's blue. You know, that, that should not be the preeminent issue in the body of Christ. It's, a, yeah. it's an yeah. absolute travesty that it's become what it's become. We got to pull our head out of the world sand is what we have to do. There you go. There you and go. get it back in the book, into the kingdom, and remember what's most important. So, Jim, as we wrap up today, if I could just say uh, maybe one, one summarizing thought to those who are listening, to leaders who are listening. Um, listen, fill your life with more of Jesus yeah. and less busyness. Yeah. Uh, more of God and fewer pursuits that are not worth your time. Yeah. Uh, more focus on his voice and less distraction from the myriad of voices that are screaming for your attention. If you're leading, if you're a Jesus follower and you're leading, it's good to know that you still belong to him, regardless of what's going on, uh, yeah. that he has you firmly in his grip and he's not going to let you go. So if we could say an encouraging word to those of you who listen today, we, we would say this, hang in there. Yeah. Uh, don't waver. Yeah fall on your knees, pray, and be assured God is at work. And if you need some help, reach out to a friend, you know, reach out to a coach, reach out to a mentor who can journey alongside of you. Right. 
And John, just my last thought is you, you know, we're back to Mark chapter four in the lake. You you can you can be in a storm and be calm as long as you don't let the storm get inside of you. And I yes. think I think that's what's happened. The storm has gotten inside of people mm-hmm. and they're they're not sure if God cares, if people care, if they care. Just get get that you can't speak peace to a storm that's inside of you. You it has to be outside of you. Something greater has to be inside you than the storm before you can speak to it. I I agree wholeheartedly. John, thank you for your your wisdom and your heart. As always, it's been great. This is podcast number 62. And we look forward to the days ahead. In the meantime, we're around the holiday season. Hope that you guys have eaten way too much and loosen your belt and you'll burn it off next summer. Don't worry about it. And God bless you and thank you. We're praying for you as you continue to lead from the life.